Hello moms, this is Holly McLean, the Mommy Answer Lady, and today we're going to talk about building a relationship of trust between you and your children. We're going to discuss how to assure your children that you have their back, that they can trust you, and even a little bit of a surprise about how you should and shouldn't reciprocate that trust as a parent. Well, this is the last of the first five podcasts that we're covering the foundational parental mindset. The five aspects where you are in charge, that's number one. Number two, sacrifice putting their best interests ahead of your own. Three, what you allow in moderation they may do to excess. Four, parental maturity. And this one is five, building a relationship of trust. I wanted to mention again those first three things every child should know. One, that you love them. Two, that you know what is best for them. And three, that you will use your authority to make sure what's best for them is done. Those are really, really important for your children to know, for you to be able to be the most effective parent you can be. In the foundational parental mindset, number one was you are in charge. But just because you're in charge doesn't mean every moment is about you commanding them and them obeying you. Building relationship with them is another key element to raising well-behaved and happy children. So after those first three things every child should know, next is trust. There are several categories of trust that we want to cover as we're talking today. And all of them have to do with nurturing your relationship with your child. If you think about it, you are actually the center of your child's world until they are graduating from high school. They live in the town you live in because you decided that. They go to school or they're homeschooled because of your decisions. They're allowed to come and go and eat what you say they can eat. Dress the way that you allow them to dress. They go to church if you go. They go on vacation where you go. All the decisions in their lives pivot on what you do. And what you say. And think about how that would feel to a person. What if your whole life depended on someone who you couldn't trust generally? You couldn't trust them to support you. What feelings and emotions would come up in your mind and your heart if that was the situation that you were in? Your children have to trust that you have their back. That means that they need to know that they can come to you with their problems as they grow and mature. And they can talk to you about their relationships with others, their teachers, their family members, and friends. In some future podcasts, we're going to be talking about how to help them stand up for what is right in the face of opposition. Um, At this point, though, I hope that you have been telling them to stand up for what is right. And if you have, how do they trust that you're going to have their back when something goes wrong in that? If they have concerns with a particular friend? There's really no way to guarantee that your children will feel confident to come to you with every problem that comes up, but there is a way to encourage them to talk to you about their concerns. First, try to ask them about every day. Have a conversation with them every day. Sometimes that's kind of hard because you'll say, so how did your day go? And they'll say, fine. And that kind of ends the conversation because there's nothing else going on. So maybe a suggestion would be, say, What was the best part of your day? Or what was the worst part of your day? And then they'll try to think of something specific about their day that they can tell you about, and that will get your conversation going. 
Having conversations with your children is really important as far as having them feel comfortable talking to you. So you need to make that a daily thing, something they're used to doing. Make sure you never belittle or chuckle at their problems. Some of them might seem kind of silly to you or kind of cute, but if you chuckle, they won't trust you. They won't feel like they can come to you with the real feelings because you'll make fun of them or you'll feel that there's something light and unimportant. So even if inside you're kind of chuckling because you think it's kind of cute, it's important not to do that while they're trying to talk to you. Some other things to do is when they mention a friend, ask more about that friend and follow up the next day or the next week and ask a little more about that friend. Give them the opportunity to open up about things that are going on. So when something goes wrong, they will already have that established that they've been talking to you about that friend. One thing that they might do is come to you with some kind of drama, and they probably will at some point. And it's important that you as a parent help them to squelch drama and encourage peace. If your advice brings peace in the end, if they take your advice, they use it, and it brings peace in their life, they're going to be more likely to come to you the next time when they don't know what to do to fix a situation. So remember not to ramp up the drama with emotions on your part. Maybe somebody said something to them that wasn't nice or has made them feel bad in some way. Don't ramp up the drama. Try to figure out a way to make it a peaceful ending, to make it something that's going to make them feel content in the end. If they see that whenever they come to you and they take your advice, the end result is peace. They're going to come to you the next time. And that's what you want to do. You want to get them into a habit of coming to you with some of their concerns. Now, of course, there are times when, like we said, somebody might be treating them badly. Don't let that go. Give them suggestions about how to best handle the situation. In some circumstances, you may need to get involved. But make that like the last resort. Make sure your children know that you are there and you will get involved if necessary. I'm going to give you an example. My son, Ben, had a friend who lived across the street and they played every so often, mostly outside. And um, one day when they were about eight years old or so, um, there was a, another friend, another person, I kid, who had come and he was staying with his grandma. And so the boy who lived across the street, I'm going to call him Drew just to make it easy. So Drew came over and was playing with this neighbor neighbor's um, grandson and he was playing basketball so my son went outside to see if he could play with them too because he had been friends with drew well drew said no he couldn't play with them this of course hurt ben's feelings my son ben and when i was made aware of what had gone on i went outside and asked drew what was going on and why he would have said no and drew didn't really have any answer for that So I wasn't mean or anything. I just said to Drew, you have an opportunity to have a good friend who lives across the street from you because Ben wants to be your friend. And so you have this opportunity that you could take and be a friend to him too. I let him know that he had hurt Ben's feelings and that I hoped that the two of them would reconcile the situation. Well, Drew's grandmother lived across the street and she saw me talking to him. In a short time after that, I found out that his grandmother had said, he can't play with my children anymore. 
Well, of course, I wanted to remedy that situation, so I called the grandmother and I asked her what was going on with that. She said she didn't want me instructing her grandson and that we should leave children alone to fend for themselves. So her philosophy was, let children work it out. If they treat each other badly, then they treat each other badly, and we as adults should not get involved. Well, I told the grandmother that my thought was that as children are growing up, that we as adults need to interfere when we find out one of them has treated another one badly. And in my opinion, that's how bullying happens. That's what, that's what happens with bullying is when adults refuse to get involved. I also told her if she ever saw one of my children treating someone badly, I would hope that she would interfere and that she would say something to them and let them know that that was unacceptable. Well, when Ben knew that I had talked to the grandmother, I know that he appreciated the fact that I had his back in that situation. Another time, there was a boy in the neighborhood who my daughter had asked him not to touch her. He kept bothering her, and he would not keep his hands off her. In other words, he kept putting his arms around her. And she had told me this. And so I called the grandmother, in this case it was a grandmother, and I gently and politely as I could let her know that her grandson was not respecting the boundaries that my daughter had set for him. Well, she got angry and hung up. Well, I'm sad about that, but at the same time, it's more important to me that my daughter knows I will support her. My goal in talking to those adults was to show them that we as adults need to interfere when our children are behaving badly and that they need to know that we're going to support good behavior and we're going to address bad behavior. This is one of those times that I had to not worry about what another adult was going to think of me. I tried very hard to be as kind as I could about it, and I would hope that if someone had come to me and said those kind of things about my children to me in a kind way, that I would address my children. And in fact, I would. I would address my children. Another incident happened with my son, who is a very unique individual. He has Asperger's syndrome. It's a mild form of autism, for those who don't know. Um, he also has ADHD, and he's visually impaired. And he is now an adult. So, um, But when he was younger, um, we didn't even know all of those diagnoses, other than we knew he was visually impaired and that there was something else going on. Um, anyway, he's, he's overcome that. But when he was little, before he started kindergarten, I knew that he would likely encounter bullies. He had glasses and he was extremely intelligent and very talkative. And I knew that likely he would be treated poorly by other children. So I wanted to empower him and let him know he didn't have to take mistreatment. So he was in kindergarten through fourth grade. He went to school and when he was in high school, he took some supplemental classes at a public school. And at that time, I reminded him when he was going to go into the public school, I reminded him not to allow himself to be bullied, that he could stand up for himself. Well, one day I got a call from the principal at the school and that there was an incident that had happened. Ben had been in a hallway and some boys that had been teasing him on a daily basis had approached him and had knocked his books out of his hand. Ben, remembering what I had said, he let into them like a Tasmanian devil. I call this story the Tasmanian devil story because that's what I think of when I think of this story. The boys that were acting like that were completely taken aback by his response, and they didn't engage him any further. 
Ben and the boys were all sent to the principal's office, and the principal told me that the boys would be punished for their behavior, and that he had asked Ben about the incident also. And Ben had told him that he will not allow himself to be physically bullied, and if anyone touches him, he will let them have it. The principal understood and let him go. When this was related to my husband and me, we congratulated Ben for standing up for himself. Don't be afraid to stand up for your children when they need you to intervene and empower them to take care of themselves if needed. Of course, I don't want my children to get into fights or do anything like that, but I also don't want them to feel like they can't take care of themselves. They can't stand up for themselves when they need to. And I wanted them to feel supported if they felt it was necessary that they did that. So Ben did not get in trouble from us for letting into those boys like he did because he had to let them know that wasn't acceptable and he wasn't going to take it. On the other hand, I did want him to know that making peace was the first thing you try to do unless you feel like you're physically being threatened. Then there was another incident that I'll say that happened with another one of my sons. I was, uh, we had a landline at home and I was ready to get on the phone. So I picked up the phone and I didn't realize that my other son was on the phone with one of his friends. And as I heard him talking, my son was being disrespectful and condescending to this other boy. I interrupted the conversation with my son and this boy on the phone. And I apologized for my son's behavior to this other boy. I also told the other boy not to ever allow anyone to talk to him like that. Of course, my son was mortified, which was totally fine with me. He should have been, and I wanted him to be. I then had a frank and somewhat aggressive conversation with my son about his behavior. I reminded him that this kind of condescending attitude would not be tolerated, and he would privately apologize to his friend. And he did. And I would guess he never did such a thing like that again. I would hope so. But like I said, I want them to know I have their back, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to defend them when they're doing the wrong thing. They need to know that I have their back when they're doing the right thing and that I'm going to address it when they're doing the wrong thing. So the first part of building that trust is that they know you have their back and that you have conversations with them. Next, your children have to trust your word. When you say something's going to happen or is not going to happen, they've got to know that that's the way it's going to be. If you tell them there will be a consequence to a behavior, they should have no question in their mind that this will absolutely happen. Follow through on the consequences if you said that's what's going to happen. It creates trust between you and them when you do that. They see when you say something, it is always going to come about. This also can help when they get older and you warn them about consequences of their decisions, okay, that maybe not don't even have anything to do with you because you're telling them this is what's going to happen if you do this thing. And they're going to go in their mind, whenever my mom says this is what's going to happen, this is what happens. And they're more likely going to listen to the warnings that you give them about their behavior as they get older even if the consequences wouldn't be coming from you. Set up a foundation of trust in your relationship by following through not only on consequences, but also on rewards. For instance, in another podcast, I talked about not making promises, but making plans. Don't say you promise something. Say this is the plan and make them understand that sometimes plans change because you don't want to break promises. Now, on most of these podcasts, there's something controversial that I'm going to say. 
And I'm going to guess that this is going to be considered controversial, although it's really crazy to me that it's considered controversial, but it is. Your children need to know that when you tell them something, you're telling them the truth to the best of your own knowledge. It's my opinion that many times parents use their children's built-in innocence for their own entertainment. And this is really sad to me, and it damages your relationship between you and your children if you do that. For example, there was a video that was going around where parents were telling their children that they wouldn't receive any Christmas gifts, that they gave their Christmas gifts away. And they were enjoying watching their children be upset and crying over that. The same thing happened with Halloween candy. The parents were telling their children that while they were asleep, someone had come and eaten all their candy. So the children are agonizing and crying and really upset. And the parents are sitting there enjoying that for their entertainment and taunting them about it. And this is going viral and people are acting like this is really funny. I think that is really sad and so damaging to the relationship between the parent and child. This is really hurtful and it's a mean thing to do. Not only were the parents using the innocence of the child for their own pleasure, but they were enjoying seeing their child in pain for their own entertainment. And once the child found out that this was a lie, how did they trust that parent again? Children are always going to defend their parent, just about, always. So who knows what those children would say about that, but I'm telling you, I think that was really mean and I would never do something like that to my children. I even saw one time on a video, a mom who was trying to eat something and she enjoyed seeing her child try to reach for it and that the child couldn't get it. So she'd take another bite and then the child couldn't get it. And they thought that was really funny. I'm sorry. I just don't think taunting children is funny. I think it's mean and I don't, I don't think that it's the way to build trust in your relationship with your child. There's many ways that parents can teach children to trust them or not to trust them. The first way is to always tell them the truth. There may be times when you don't tell them something at all because you just don't think they should know and that's fine. You don't have to tell them everything. But if you tell them something, it should be the truth. A few years ago, I was at a social gathering and it was around Christmas time. And there was a friend of mine who was relating how she was feeling really concerned and bad because her child, who was, I think, um, sometime like middle elementary school, maybe fourth, fifth, sixth grade, something like that. Um, she was concerned because her child came to her crying and really upset because other children had said Santa Claus wasn't real. And she told them she knew her mother would not lie to her. She trusted her mom and her mom wouldn't lie. So if her mom said Santa Claus was real, then he was. And her concern was that she had to tell her child at that point that he wasn't real. And she didn't know whether she had done the right thing. Now, you might think that people would say, oh, yeah, well, at some point you have to tell them the truth, right? Well, what I was shocked at was the whole table full of people were chiding my friend because she had decided to tell the truth about Santa Claus to her child when her child had come to her crying and upset because other people had told her that her mother lied to her. 
I was the only one at the table saying you did the right thing. Now, in my opinion, you shouldn't tell your children Santa Claus is real because he's not. It's fine to play with Santa Claus and play with the Tooth Fairy and those kinds of things and have a fun time with them, but your child should know the truth because you always tell them the truth. My friend was worried because she had to tell her child the truth and she wasn't sure whether she did the right thing. I was just shocked at that. I thought to myself, how is her child ever going to trust her now? If at this point she had to admit, number one, that she had lied. Number two, her child had defended her to others. Now her child has to go back and eat that, basically, right? And I felt so sad that she even had a concern. She should have immediately thought, yes, I did the right thing. And I thought to myself, I'm going to call her up. Because everyone at the table was saying, you shouldn't have told her. You shouldn't have told her. And I thought, oh my goodness, you shouldn't have told her Santa was real in the first place. But definitely when she comes to you and asks you with tears in her eyes about the truth, you should tell her the truth. So I called my friend later and I said, you know what? You did the right thing by telling her the truth. You did the right thing. You want your child to come and trust you. When she has something she doesn't know is right or wrong, she doesn't know is true or false, you want her to come to you to ask you what's true. And if she only gets the truth from her friends, who's she going to go to to get the answer? She's not going to go to you unless you tell her the truth. Now, I know that just about every podcast, I'm saying something controversial. (laughs) This might be the point where you're ready to turn the podcast off and say, I don't want to hear that. I'm telling you, it's important that you always tell your children the truth. If you're going to tell them anything, tell them the truth. And if you do that, you can build that relationship of trust. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody who's told their child that Santa Claus is real and their child finds out later that it's not, that they don't trust their parent for the rest of their life. I'm telling you, this is one of the aspects. I want, I would want you to make a goal in your life as a parent that you can look your children in the eye when they're grown and say, I never lied to you. That should be one of your parental goals. And if you are going to make that a goal, you can't tell them that Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy are real. You can't tell them that. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean you can't have fun with those things. I mean, my husband and I decided long ago that we weren't going to tell our children those things are real. And I remember I had another incident. I had a lady who was just a sweet, lovely lady. She was an officer's wife. My husband and I were over in Germany because he was in the Air Force. And uh, she kind of adopted me when I was pregnant with my first child. She was really interested in my condition. And uh, she had a party for me, a, you know, a baby shower, a surprise baby shower for me with all these officers' wives. And, and they just kind of took me in. And it was just lovely. And her family invited me over, me and my husband, over for Christmas because we were, of course, in Germany and not at home. And so we went over there. And as we were in the kitchen, chopping up things to, you know, make for the dinner, I just happened to mention, we just kind of got talking, and I mentioned to her that my husband and I were not going to tell our son that Santa Claus was real. Her emotional reaction shocked me. She was crying and emotional and upset because she was thinking of my poor child 
who would not have the opportunity to believe in Santa Claus, and she thought that was just horrible. This is when I learned how important and almost sacred this is to some people. It's like a sacred thing that you have to tell your children that Santa Claus is real when he's not. It's like a conspiracy of lies uh, to our children. And it's really an emotional thing for some people. So I know that this is controversial to some of you, especially if you believe Santa Claus is real and you had some fun with that fantasy when you were young, that somehow that you need to pass that on and, and tell that lie to your children. I am not putting down any parents who have done that in the past. I am not doing that at all. What I'm doing is saying what I think is best, which is what I'm always going to do. I'm going to try to tell you what's best. And in my view, what's best is that you don't tell them anything that is a lie. Now, like for Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy, for instance, uh, sometimes we would put from Santa on a present just for fun. Our children would know Santa wasn't real, but they would open it and just, we just joke about it. It would just be something silly. We put Christ as a center. We're Christian, so Christ is the center of our Christmas, and we talk about Christ. But sometimes we just joke about Santa or whatever. And the tooth fairy, I have a tooth fairy pillow, and the children would put their tooth in the pillow, and they would find, you know, a, a silver dollar or something in, in, in the morning. They knew that it was me. That was the tooth fairy. But we would joke about it. And I would still do it sneakily so they go to sleep. And then when they were asleep, I'd still put the thing in the tooth fairy pillow or whatever, just for fun. But we all understand it's fun. Just like when you watch a movie and you understand that's not real. It's just fun. And then another thing is, if you want to teach them about spiritual things, these are things they can't see. They need to know that when you tell them something is true about something they can't see, They're going to know that you really believe it's true and they can take that in and they can decide for themselves what they think about that. But they shouldn't mistrust you and believe you're telling them lies. So I know that's that's the controversial part that I'm going to put in this podcast. I'm not on purpose putting controversial things in the podcast. I'm just saying some of the things end up to be that way. So the next part that I wanted to talk about is don't excuse lying for yourself. So has there ever been a time when you don't want to answer the phone or you don't want to answer the door and you tell your children, tell them I'm not here. If you tell your children to lie for you, they won't believe that you don't lie to them. And they won't learn that telling the truth is important. So that's another thing that if you've done that, you can apologize to your children, you can change that and let them know that isn't right. I know that you probably heard a lot of times, you need to trust your children. Well, I want to talk a little bit about that. When you were young, you probably made some bad decisions. You were probably tempted to sneak around behind your parents' back and do something they wouldn't allow. And did you ever lie to your parents? Most likely, you could say yes to all of these things. It's human nature. The desire to do what you want to do, that's like a built-in mechanism in every person, right? We all want to do that. It's also kind of built into our nature to lie about it in order to get out of it when, we're, when we are uh, caught, right? You need to teach your children about this. Let them know this is human nature. And because they're human beings, you are their parent that you can't completely trust everything they say just because they say it as they're growing up. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It, that has nothing to do with it. 
It has to do with the fact that they're human beings and that they're going to be tempted to tell lies and to do things they shouldn't throughout their life. They're going to be tempted. And as they're maturing, they're going to learn to make better and better decisions. But because it's human nature and because you're their parent, that you have to recognize that they're going to make mistakes. And because you're their parent, you have to make sure that the mistakes they make aren't going to take them down a path of destruction. Because you love them and you're concerned for them, you're going to check up on them. You're going to know where they're going and who they're going with and what time they're going to be home. Doing that doesn't have anything to do with them being a good person or a bad person. It has to do with you being a good parent and you understanding that they have a sinful human nature that is going to sometimes want to do the wrong things, sometimes is going to make mistakes, and is going to be tempted to lie to you. Tell them you believe that they will not want to lie to you. You know their good nature inside their own heart. Even though they have a human nature inside their heart, they're a good person inside, and you know they don't want to do that. But because they're immature people, learning to do the right things, they're going to make some mistakes. And you want to make sure that you are the good parent, making sure that you're keeping tabs on what they're doing so you can help them go down the right path. So when your child says to you, but you don't trust me, you can say, that's right. I don't trust you because you're a human being just growing up, learning and maturing. And as you mature, I need to be that parent for you. I need to have your back in that way and make sure I'm guiding you down the right path. Remember, you're the mom. You're not the trusting friend. So it's okay to check up on them and let them know that's okay because you're their parent. So it's okay. That's your job. Other ways to build a relationship is by finding things that you can both share an interest. Maybe a hobby. Maybe you like certain movies. Maybe a physical activity or a game. Find ways to engage your children Take them out to meal once in a while. Take them out to get ice cream once in a while. Take them on your errands with you and just have talks with them. Sometimes just sending them something funny. My son sometimes will send me like silly memes by text or a short silly video or something like that. And I'll send him something back that's silly. Those kinds of things. That's a good way to engage your children in just fun and laughing and conversation so that everything isn't heavy and deep. You know, sometimes you just want to have fun and have a good time with your children. But trust is the cornerstone of the relationship between you and your children. So you have to build it on a strong foundation by always telling them the truth and always having their back and always being there in case they have something they want to talk to you about. This particular podcast was longer than the others, but there was a lot to cover in it. Next time, we're going to talk about common mistakes parents make, and I'm going to start answering some of your questions. And again, I hope in the future to get some video podcasts done, so we'll see how that goes in the future. Please feel free to write me at holly at mommyanswerlady.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to answer your questions on the podcast. So be sure and write me, holly at mommyanswerlady.com. And also my website is mommyanswerlady.com. So I'll talk to you again soon. And in the meantime, remember moms, you can do this.